Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to introduce Dr. David Borenstein from New York City in the US. Thank you for joining me, David. Hi, thank you, Linda. Now, since we last spoke, it's quite a few years ago now, and your experience of LDN, I know, has improved greatly. Uh, what's been happening with you and LDN? Well, what's happening is I've seen a tremendous growth in the number of people who want to try LDN. I've seen a lot more awareness, awareness of LDN. And as a result, I've certainly uh, increased the number of patients that I've prescribed LDN to. And this has given me a lot more experience, not only about efficacy of LDN, but uh, also about possible uh, side effects and how to deal with these uh, with these issues as they come up. Um, I'm finding a very, very, very encouraging results for a wide range of treatments, and a wide, wide range of, um, of autoimmune diseases and other uh, diseases that LDN uh, can help. And this is this is great news because this gives us another very powerful tool in which to treat our patients with. Mm-hmm. So what conditions are you seeing mainly? The main conditions I'm using LDN for currently are gastrointestinal and neurological. So patients with multiple sclerosis and those with Crohn's, inflammatory bowel disease, uh, irritable bowel disease, colitis. This is my major uh, use of LDN. And the results are you know, nothing short of amazing. Um, I get many patients who are telling me I've been in LDN for years. I've had no relapse of my MS. I've been in LDN. I've had no relapse of my Crohn's. My uh, gastroenterologist did a colonoscopy, and my colon looks amazing. And I'm hearing this over and over and over again. Um, and this is a uh, an amazing thing because you have the ability to quite easily change someone's life. I'm also finding recently some positive results with patients with fibromyalgia and lately even with Lyme disease. Um, So this is extremely encouraging because only lately have I been using this uh, treatment on Lyme patients. So while this is not a a cure, it's another, another tool in our arsenal for treating fibromyalgia, and Lyme's disease. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask, when you said about side effects, um, could you tell us what side effects people have reported to you? Well, the major side effects people have are with insomnia, the vivid dreams, some occasional gastrointestinal issues. Those tend to be the biggies. Um, some people get an exacerbation of some of their yeast issues, so we you know, are better able to handle it. We can recommend certain supplements, uh, certain techniques. We can change the way we give the LVN, or uh, transdermally, for example. 
as opposed to orally. So, you know, with, with a lot more experience, we have ways in uh, dealing with the possible side effects. That being said, the side effect protocol LDN is quite low, which is quite different than a lot of other medications that are used to treat the same things we treat LDN with. There's no immunosuppression. There's no lowering of white counts. So overall, LDN has a very low side effect profile, but we know how to deal with them, and that's very important. Mm-hmm. I know you um, listed some conditions that you prescribe LDN for, but do you have any really unusual conditions that you hadn't treated before? Well, one of the protocols that I've been using uh, for LDN is in the treatment of pancreatic cancer. I just had a recent patient with pancreatic cancer. And the amazing thing, I was using LDN with the alpha-lipoic acid intravenous twice a week. And the patient was doing extremely well for several months. The markers, the tumor markers of the patient actually normalized. The problem is when you're doing this protocol, many times you have other things that are interfering with it and other practitioners prescribing other things, and you don't know exactly what's going on. However, um, the patient was doing well, um, then stopped the alpha-lipoic acid drips for about two weeks, um, and unfortunately there was a, uh, a relapse. However, the promising thing about this is that the length of time this patient was with normal tumor markers, and that this is kind of unheard of in the treatment of pancreatic cancer. So while the patient did have a relapse, the length of time was certainly longer. The survival was longer than what the textbooks say. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. Where do you see LDN going? The news is that there's a lot more awareness of LDN and a lot more people who know about it. And there are more and more doctors who are willing to prescribe it. That's the good news. The not so good news is the vast majority of patients and doctors still either don't know about it or are unwilling to prescribe it. I think there's been tremendous progress, especially in the last few years. I think there's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just pleased that we have open-minded doctors like yourself on board who are prescribing LDN for their patients. As a patient myself, you know, I'd walk to the end of the earth to uh, continue taking LDN. Is there anything else you would like to say? I'd like to say is that if you are a patient and you really want to try LDN, I'm going to strongly encourage you to do. There's very few things, very few uh, treatments that are A, inexpensive, B, have extreme potential, and C, have such a low side effect profile, it's a no-brainer. If you think there's a remote possibility that this will work for what you have, try it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Thank you. I'd like to introduce Dr. Brian Udell from Florida in the United States 
who prescribes LDM for autism. Thank you for joining me, Brian. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us when you first heard about LDN? Well, about uh, eight years ago, I was doing a clinic for the city um, for follow-up for children who are high risk for autism. And uh, at that time, I was actually seeing seven children a week. Um, now, we're up to being able to see 10 children a day if I wanted to see that many. Oh so it's obviously this epidemic was happening and I really um, was quite frustrated that the general medical community had very little to help these kids. That they, they And even today they get a ticket for, you know, various therapies. Um, but the, and the best the, the doctor can say is, you know, do your best. They, they can't really give any uh, odds on how the child's going to develop if they have delayed speech and language. Typically that's... Um, the problem is delayed speech and language and repetitive behaviors and social isolation are the sort of domains that have generally been accepted. Even They come and go on what the diagnosis involves. But anyway, um, I have very little to help the children with other than pretty strong drugs, um, either the stimulant-type medications or the uh, central nervous system like uh, serotonin um, medications. And looking through the PDR and through the literature, I found LDN, and almost my first patient that I gave it to had a positive response to it. Um, so that's how I got it. It was actually it wasn't LDN at the time; it was now naltrexone, mm -hmm. um, because I thought that the the uh, it was a regular dose, it was 25 milligrams, I think. And and the child was he wasn't a child anymore. I think he was 12, and he was very combative and it definitely helped his behaviors. So um, from there, I then uh, started going, actually right now I'm at a conference in Los Angeles um, for uh, autism, and I started going to the, these autism conferences um, and heard about more uh, people who were you know, trying different things for uh, signs and symptoms of autism, and Dr. McCann's study um, keeps coming up. And that was in 2006 where she discussed using it as a cream, using it as a cream at nighttime. And since then, I, I, I think that I've been fairly successful using it because I try to make a clear diagnosis for the patient. So um, it does seem to work on the immune system and the immune modulation um, does seem to... Some of my patients just take it because they say the kid stop getting sick every year and that would be the only reason they're, they're even continuing it and uh, many of them have seen remarkable improvements and in the negative side if they don't like it after a few days if they're um, too hyper we can cut back but nothing really um, in any way serious so uh, it was always something to try and uh, that's how I got into naltrexone and LDN. Mm -hmm. How many children do you think you've treated now with LDN? Well, since I started my own practice, I, I have treated about a thousand children, and I would say probably ten percent, ten to twenty percent. I, I one of the the problems in our uh, clinical practice right now is uh, anyone who's Getting funding for, for studies is very difficult, especially if there's no money in it. And, and now, Pixum, as you know, people may know, is pretty inexpensive. 
And so there's not too much interest in um, doing a study. But uh, so I don't have great statistics uh, on on my patients. But I, it's it's about um, I would say about 100 or 150 more like it. And I'm just pulling my statistics together for 2014, and I think 70 patients got it in 2014. Um, I, I kept ramping up every year to the number of patients that we get it. So we're looking at at about that number in that year. Mm-hmm. And what would you say the success rate is that 70%? Well, it's, it's, it's of the 70 patients who got it, again, I'm looking at my, now right now I'm pulling that data for, for the conference coming up, but it's probably about 20 or 25%. So I know that I'm being very vague on the numbers because, again, I don't have, you know, the kind of horsepower where I can keep these statistics, and it's certainly not anything like a study. I don't. I, I, it's not. It's it's in no way a study. I, on the other hand, when I feel like the child is showing repeated infections or you know just you know won't get better, and I've tried just about everything else. Um, for the immune system, and especially in those cases that where the children have hyperactivity or aggressive behavior, um, the choices for the parents are limited. And so it's not like I keep great statistics about this. It's just my clinical sense is I don't have to go to the drugs as often, that, you know, the hard drugs as often. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to pay, um, parents <coughs> of children that have got autism is it something you would recommend they look into? Yeah, I, I think that, that the first thing is to get an accurate diagnosis, that autism is like saying somebody has cancer um, and, and that there's going to turn out to be many different types of autisms. And so you have to get an accurate diagnosis. And, for example, if you have a genetic type, it might be less likely to be helpful or more likely, but you want to get an accurate diagnosis. And then the second thing is to have a workup that sort of points to what the major problem is. Most of these children, every one of the children really, has some comorbidity, has something else going on in them that if you fix, um, for example, gastrointestinal problems, uh, then you can fix uh, the immune system a little bit and you can fix downstream behavioral problems. And it doesn't seem like it... Um, they all fit together, but you know our experience is that it certainly does clinically. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very enlightening, and thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce our guest, Dr. Burke Berkson. And for those listeners who have been following us, Dr. Berkson has been mentioned by several of the past speakers. I was privilege to meet him. Uh, I think I've actually met him twice now at different LDN conferences, but the work that he's doing is mainly with cancer and the results have been amazing. He's had papers published. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Linda. It's a pleasure. So you were just telling me about the work that you have been doing and we know now that you've been um, working with LDN for 20 years. How has it... Yes, I... Yeah. Sorry. Go on. So how has it Go advanced on. in that 20 years that you've been prescribing? Well, I first learned about it from a patient who came in with um, 
metastatic prostate cancer and rheumatoid arthritis. <clears throat> he, um, he said that he had been at MD Anderson Medical Center and they had told him nothing more could be done and he should go to hospice. And he came into the office and he said that um, he needed pain pills because he had to put his wife in a home before he died. Mm-hmm. Then he asked me if I ever heard of Dr. Beharry in New York, and I said no. And he he said uh, he heard Dr. Beharry was using something called low-dose naltrexone, which uh, seemed to stop the growth of some cancers and actually reversed uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So uh, I said, well, why don't you go up there and see him? He says, well, he's in a little office. If he's any good, wouldn't he be at a big medical center? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I told him, I said, you know, when I first started out, I I started out at big medical centers um, in Cleveland, big university medical centers, and I found uh, I started using alpha lipoic acid to reverse liver disease, and I published a paper out of National Institutes of Health on seventy nine people who were waiting for liver transplants with acute hepatic necrosis. And uh, within one month, 75 out of 79 had regenerated their livers. And uh, the people in Cleveland, the um, conventional people, didn't want to hear anything about this. Uh, They thought it would interfere with their uh, liver transplant programs. Mm. So, So I said that... If Dr. Beharry um, could cure cancer or reverse cancer and rheumatoid disease, uh, I don't think uh, one of the big medical centers would want, want him on their staff because they, they treat a lot of cancers. They don't cure that many cancers, or stage four cancers. So uh, he went up and saw Dr. Beharry, and I, I thought he died. Three years later, he walks back into the uh, office without his uh, walker, walking normally. He said, but Harry stopped the growth of the cancer and completely reversed the rheumatoid arthritis with uh, low-dose naltrexone. This is 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, uh, you know, I was very skeptical, and I gave it to uh, many of my patients with autoimmune disease. And within uh, a short period of time, almost almost all of them were were doing much better with rheumatoid arthritis, with systemic lupus. And right now, I, I have a tremendous amount of data on uh, the reversal of um, autoimmune disease with low-dose naltrexone. But I've been so busy in the office and involved with so many other things that I really haven't had a chance to uh, get it ready for publication. And I think it it must be published don't you? Yes. You'll have to get an assistant. <laughs> yeah. Well, over the years, I started using it for all types of autoimmune things like um, like uh, autoimmune hepatitis and autoimmune um, thyroid disease. And in many, many cases, um, I had very good results, especially with systemic lupus. And um, then I started using it for um, various cancers. Uh, a man came in with 
with pancreatic cancer stage four um, several years ago. And he said that uh, the big medical center in uh, Houston, Texas told him he was finished, he should go to hospice. I said, do you want to try what we do? And he said, yes. And I put him on uh, low-dose ultraxone, uh, 4.5 milligrams at bedtime, and uh, alpha-lipoic acid intravenously twice a week. Within two months, he went back to work, and nine years later, the PET scan showed no sign of cancer. Oh, wow. So um, there the, the was, was really a breakthrough for me. Then uh, many, many patients started coming with various cancers after they were told nothing else could be done. And then uh, if they continue with the treatment, m- maybe the majority of them continue to live. And we have several publications now that uh, describe this in peer-reviewed journals. Mm-hmm. You were telling me before we started that you've been treating diabetes with LDN. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Well, you know, there's there are there are always some um, autoimmune aspects to diabetes, and uh, LDN seems to uh, reverse autoimmune disease. But uh, with with diabetes and um, the diabetic complications. What works best is the intravenous alpha-lipoic acid. Uh, It reverses diabetic neuropathies. It it seems to to get rid of all of the free radicals that are are accumulated in diabetes. And I combine the two, and we've we've had uh, amazing results. Mm -hmm. What about children with um, type 1 diabetes? Well, I I haven't treated children in many years. Um, at one time, I, I did um, a general practice where I treat a lot of children, but I haven't had a chance to um, use LDN with children. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, other than using intravenous alpha-lipoic acid, do you use anything else alongside of the LDN? Yes, Um it depends on what we're treating. Like for cancer, I use the low-dose naltrexone, and it seems to cause the uh, nervous system to produce metencephalin, which, uh, which seems to bind to cancer cells and cause them to undergo apoptosis. I uh, use alpha-lipoic acid uh, orally and intravenously, and what this does, you know, lipoic acid is... Um, the rate-limiting factor for the production of energy from your food. In fact, um, most of us, in fact, all of us, would not be alive unless our body was producing alpha-lipoic acid in, in every cell of the body. But when people get sick, they seem to produce less and less of it. And as you get older, you produce uh, less lipoic acid. Um, for example, if you if you treat a uh, if you give a Thanksgiving meal to a two year old child who produces tremendous amounts of alpha lipoic acid, he's going to be running around the house afterwards because lipoic acid converts the food into energy. 
you you see the same a meal to an eighty year old man who who uh, has very little ALA in his body, and he'll be sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. But if you give him alpha-lipoic acid, and I've done this, he'll at least be walking around the house afterwards. Wow. And I'm sure our you listeners know, would, would want to know, I believe you can buy alpha-lipoic acid tablets over the counter as a, a supplement, but obviously for the intravenous she would have to contact a doctor how easy yep. is is it to get um <clears throat> intravenous alpha lipoic acid well in europe uh, in germany it's very easy it's a prescription drug over there in italy too uh in the united states uh i was the um food and drug administration principal investigator for it for uh, 23 years and uh, I taught uh, many many people how to use it and uh, there are hundreds of doctors in the United States now using it uh, intravenously Mm. so uh, probably isn't that difficult to get it from a a doctor in the United States in Europe uh, I, I know in Germany it's available in Spain, in Italy. I don't know about England. I would imagine it would be tricky in England. Most things seem to be tricky. Um, The tablets, I'm sure they're not as effective as the intravenous, but, you know, do you still rate the tablets if people can't get hold of the intravenous alpha-poic acid? Well, I use uh, mainly the capsules rather than tablets. Okay. And um, what happens is um, you you swallow it. It's immediately absorbed. It goes straight to the liver and does wonderful things in the liver. A little bit gets out into the bloodstream. If you give it intravenously, you get very high doses in every cell of the body, including the brain. It crosses the blood-brain barrier and removes all of the, you know, all of the free radicals, all of the cobwebs that have accumulated in, in the nervous system and in, in every tissue in the body. So lipoic acid does so many things, you know. Like I say, for example, with cancer. Cancer um, grows sort of, sluggishly, and it uses a, a metabolic uh, type of uh, metabolism uh, called glycolysis, and this occurs without oxygen, and it just moves along. It doesn't use the mitochondria, which are the energy factories of a normal human cell. So cancer cells convert the, um, the sugar or the food into something called pyruvate, and then it converts the pyruvate into something called lactate, and they just go that far. Normal, healthy human cells have to do the glycolysis first and produce the pyruvate, but then that pyruvate has to be converted into something that goes into the mitochondrion to produce energy and keep us alive. And that chemical is called acetyl-CoA. 
goes right into the mitochondria to produce energy. Well, the pyruvate, how does the pyruvate become acetyl-CoA? There's an enzyme, but lipoic acid is the major part of that enzyme. So lipoic acid is the rate-limiting factor for the production of energy from our food, and that's what keeps us alive. Cancer cells have this primitive metabolism where they convert the the uh, food into pyruvate, and that's about it. If if you have alpha lipoic acid in higher doses, it forces cancer type metabolism into normal metabolism, and cancer cells tend to die from this. Mm. So, the capsules. Yes. Are they still effective? Well, they're effective uh, as far as the liver goes. Okay. They're very effective for liver disease. But if you want to treat something like diabetic neuropathies, you have to have much higher doses uh, that, that go to the, to the extremities. Mm-hmm. And intravenously works much better. So if somebody has or is a recovering alcoholic and they've already damaged their liver, would the alpha-lipoic acid help repair the liver from alcohol abuse? Yes, from my experience, it does. We have many patients uh, with alcoholic cirrhosis, which means that much of the liver is scarred. Mm-hmm. and there are, not, there are not many uh, healthy liver cells left. And many of the stem cells uh, are gone. But alpha-lipoic acid stimulates stem cells all over the body to regenerate into new tissue. And uh, I I have some um, photographs of a recent patient who came in uh, a few years ago with uh, full-blown alcoholic cirrhosis. Uh, He had what they call portal hypertension with uh, fluid in the belly, and and all of the, all of the um, all of the features of uh, cirrhosis, all of muscle wasting, and this fellow looked terrible. He was told he could only survive uh, with a liver transplant. Well, he came into our office and we gave him alpha lipoic acid intravenously every three months for about uh, two to three weeks. And he was on the oral lipoic acid uh, every day. And within two years, he developed normal liver function. And wow. the fluid in his belly was ab- absorbed. And he looks like a normal human being now. And his muscle tissue regenerated too. Well, isn't that amazing? It's amazing, and I'm preparing that for publication now. Wow. And you have had a paper published just recently. Would you like to tell us about that? Oh, yes. Um, We've had several people come in with uh, stage 4 renal cell carcinoma, cancer of the kidney. In the United States, at least, this has become a um, very prevalent disease. At one time, we saw very little of it. I don't know if it's something in the water or something in the food, 
So this uh, gentleman came in. Uh, was in. Um, he was diagnosed with uh, this at a at a big medical center in 2008, and they removed his left kidney. And then a very ch- short time later, he had difficulty breathing, and they took an X-ray of his chest, and he saw they saw a very large uh, metastasis in, of the kidney cancer in his left lung. And they tried all sorts of things to treat it, but nothing seemed to work. And then he was told by the uh, big medical center that uh, there was no, no hope he should go to hospice. And then somebody heard about us, and they brought him in. He actually he had to be carried in. He was so weak. He had lost a tremendous amount of weight. We started treating him with the low-dose naltrexone and the intravenous alpha-lipoic acid and some other things, too. And within a short time, I, I say two months later, I went back to work. Oh, and um, every, every three months or so, he'd come back in the office for... Um, for intravenous lipoic acid for two or three weeks. Um, and um, we do a PET scan, and uh, he still had that metastasis. But he felt normal, and he was breathing normally. And then um, several years later, I think it was four years later, we did another uh, PET scan, and uh, the, the metastasis was gone, and he was completely normal. So I just recently wrote that up for publication. It was published in Integrative Cancer Therapies, uh, which is a peer-reviewed journal, uh, December 1st, uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. And we, we have five minutes left. Can you think of a really good case study you could share with us? Uh, for alpha lipoic acid or for just uh, low-dose naltrexone? Low-dose naltrexone. Yeah, I, we have a uh, woman, uh, one of our best cases, uh, she, she lives, uh, her husband's a rancher, and uh, New Mexico's a big ranching state. And she came in, oh, about 15 years ago with a full-blown systemic lupus. She was having uh, joint pain. She was very weak. She had trouble eating. She had a a big rash on her face. She was a a very uh, sick woman. And we started her just on uh, uh, a good diet, which she had anyway, and uh, low-dose naltrexone. And within a short time, her autoimmune antibodies her anti-nuclear antibodies, which uh, is one of the major tests for systemic lupus, uh, went from one to um, 2,000 down to zero. And she's uh, continued to be in the LDN. And uh, I just saw her recently, and she's a beautiful, um, healthy lady. Those kind of stories are just so pleasing, aren't they? It just makes everything worthwhile. We we have many people like that with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, 
in systemic lupus that are just just on the LDN. This uh, twenty dollar a month uh, drug in the United States. Mm. It's uh, a blessing. How many patients do you think you've treated in the twenty one years since you started prescribing LDN? Oh, I'd say um, probably in the thousands now. Wow. That's a lot of lives, isn't it? A yes, and um, and it's such a simple treatment, and people are so thankful for it. Mm. It, it, it really is, it gives me a good feeling. What would you say to a doctor who was thinking of prescribing LDN, being sceptical like you were back in the day? What would be your advice to um, a potential prescriber? I would tell them first, you should try to understand the mechanism involved, how this this uh, drug works, and then uh, read about it and re- read about uh, what other doctors have to say, and then prescribe it to some patients and see what happens. And, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Mm. You just can't argue with success. I like uh, Dr. Phil Boyle. He he quotes, um, he was asked by a doctor, is LDN addictive? And he said, yes, it certainly is. I'm addicted to prescribing it. I can't wait for the next patient. (laughs) I can help with LDN, which I thought was very amusing. I've I've met Phil a few times, and he is just a, a magnificent person. He is, isn't he? He's a, yes, he is. He's very nice. But he thoroughly enjoys prescribing LDN, and as you know, he uses it in his infertility clinics. But, of course, a lot of yeah. these ladies um, don't just have infertility problems. They have autoimmune diseases as well. So he absolutely loves putting them on the right track with LDN. And, of course... And the other question people ask is, how long do I have to take LDN for? Well, my answer is, if you have a serious autoimmune disease, I would take it for the rest of your life. I take it every night. and my, Almost everybody in my family is on it um, to prevent things. My, my brother-in-law, who is an internal medicine doctor in... Um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, he fell off his motorcycle and injured his uh, back and his legs. And a short time later, he developed um, rheumatoid arthritis. And he went to uh, a rheumatologist, and the rheumatologist told him he has to put him on very expensive, uh, possibly very damaging uh, drugs because they have to control this rheumatoid arthritis. And I said, Robert, why don't you try the low-dose naltrexone first? And he said that he would try it. And uh, after a short time, the rheumatoid arthritis was under control. So when he went back to his rheumatologist, he told him about it. And the rheumatologist told him, you know, that he has uh, rheumatoid arthritis. He's going to try it. And he did, and he started getting better with it, too. 
But, you know, that rheumatologist is still prescribing the very expensive, possibly harmful drugs to all of his patients and doesn't tell them, tell them about the uh, low-dose naltrexone. So I, I don't know. I, I can't understand this philosophy in, in many doctors. Mm. You know, they're sort of married to a, a certain a certain drug program. I, I, I guess... I guess if they think outside of the box and their their society um, learns about this, they can lose their board certification because board certification means everybody does the same thing. So uh, maybe that's why they, they don't prescribe it. Mm. Luckily, more and more doctors are learning about LDN and are feeling confident in prescribing it. So... Fingers crossed. As I said to you, I really feel that this is the year for LDN. It, uh, it, the, it's like a snowball effect, isn't it? it? It's been rolling year on year, getting bigger and bigger, and hopefully more people will learn about LDN and find a prescriber. I agree with you. And um, it's a remarkable um, therapeutic agent. And we use it every day in our practice. Well, thank you very much for being our guest today. We've learned a lot from you, and it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you, Linda. look forward to meeting you again in the future. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.